Bibles, if you would please, once again to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Who thought of coffee when I said Hebrews? I did. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10. For our visitors, guests, those that uh, have maybe been vacation, haven't been able to be with us, uh, for the last number of weeks now, uh, the Lord has had us in these Sunday mornings talking about living by faith. Living by faith. And we're excited about faith. We're faith people. God is a faith God, and we are faith children of a faith God. And, you know, faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is what you and I give God in exchange for what He, amen, has for us. Glory to God. You can't get saved without faith. You can't receive the baptism with the Holy Ghost without faith, typically. Amen. You need your faith to receive your healing. You need your, your faith. How about using your faith on your family? Faith to keep a sweet marriage. Faith for your children. That they're going to grow up right, not, not get weird and rebellious. Amen. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah, All of my children, all my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. What a scripture. What a scripture, and at times I just quote that over my children. Amen. All my, my children are taught not just by me, not just by mom and dad, but God teaches my kids. Amen. And great shall be their peace. Great shall be their peace. Amplified says undisturbed shall be their composure. Amen. You know, faith is not just for a few select things. Faith is for every day and everything. Every day and everything. Every vital and important thing from your money to your mind, amen, needs the flow of faith added to it. Praise God. You know, we all face, I know some of you, because I pastor you, I live among you, facing difficult things, difficult situations and circumstances. Can you get on the other side of those things? How are you going to do it? By faith. I mean, is fi are finances putting pressure on you? It's milk, gas, inflation, all higher interest rates. You know, all these things. If it's putting pressure on you, can you overcome it? Are we just hopeless? No, no. Praise God. We can overcome it. Are you dealing with the situation with your health? Is there a remedy for that? Oh, thank God there is. Thank God there is. Do you find yourself bombarded? You can't explain it, but some sort of cloud that wants to try to follow you around, make you feel depressed and oppressed all the time? Well, no, you might not admit it, praise God, but I face that pretty regularly. I face that thing pretty regularly. But uh, I don't let that dominate me. I don't, I've learned that's the devil. Amen? Listen, if you will embrace the lifestyle of faith and learn how to live your life by faith in God, amen, then it will turn you into a conqueror. It will turn you into an overcomer, a mountain mover, a promise appropriator. It will make you the victor. Amen. You might be society's outcast, but you, will, you are a king in God's eyes. Amen. You're royalty. Hallelujah. We're kings and priests, and God has authored. He has, he has ordained a way for you and I to live that will put us on top in life. Amen. Praise God. Are we interested? I've heard about faith. Are well, you going to hear it again? And hear it again? And hear it again? Amen. Look at verse in chapter 10 of Hebrews, verse number 38. This is just one of at least four scriptures in the Old and New Testament that says these words exactly the same way. Amen. And notice what it says. It says, Now the just shall live by faith. Amen. So this, this word live, he means this is the way that they should live. They shall live this way. They'll live by faith. Amen. But I, you can take the, well, if I can live by faith, that means by living by faith, I won't die. Now, eventually, should the Lord tarry is coming, I'll lay this body down and go home to heaven. Amen. 
but I don't have to go, I don't have to be pushed out of my body before I finish my race, or even when I do finish my race. Jesus gave up the ghost. David gave up his spirit. Jacob laid his body down. Amen. And we can overcome sickness, death, and the curse. Now, Jesus has already overcome all that. And He's made us in His resurrection to be seated in Christ in heavenly places with Him, spiritually. Legally, that is ours. We're a joint heirs with Christ right now today. Whether you got faith, don't have faith, in, that's what God's done for you. You and I are joint heirs with Jesus Christ according to Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Amen. But to experience it in this life requires faith. Requires faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we are, just like this scripture, the just shall live by faith. Then God, speaking prophetically, He says, But if any man draw back, draw back from what? From the life of faith. Amen. And you know the Bible says in the last days many will turn aside from faith. Amen. And uh, I don't want to have to go down that road with you, but uh, many, many have shipwrecked their faith, walked away from faith, cast aside their faith. If you let your eyes rest back up on verse 35, we're told specifically never to lay down our faith. We are never to cast down our faith. To cast our faith, uh, to ca it says, cast not away therefore your confidence. Amen. But if any man draw back, verse 38, my soul, God's soul, should have no pleasure in him. Now skip all the way into the 11th chapter to the 6th verse. Drawing back from a lifestyle of faith does not please God. Amen. Work is right and good. Work is scriptural. If you're able-bodied and you don't work and you can work and you ask me for help feeding yourself, I might feed you once, but then if you stay in that, I'm not going to do it because the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Well, I'm waiting on God to be led. You, oh, stop that. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Now, however, we are redeemed from toil. And I don't have to work 70, 80 hours a week, three jobs, 25 shifts to put food on the table. I can't ever come to church. I can't be involved in the ministry of helps. I can't sit under the ministry of my pastor with any... That's not God's will. You know, and people are not walking by faith in their finances. They're walking by the strength of their elbow and their knee and their, you know, their ability to work themselves into the ground. Amen. But I tell you what, if you learn to bring your family to church like you did this morning, amen, and bring your tithe and your offering and have some faith in Him, and yes, go out and work a, a balanced schedule. God will work it out, and you'll have enough money to feed your family and live a good life, have some extra to be a blessing, and be in church every time the doors are open, if, you have your, if, you, if that's part of your heart's desire. Amen. The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and to that He adds no sorrow. So you gotta, you got to balance, amen, work and faith. i got a book coming out on that anyway. I'm almost done. Praise God. Look at verse 6. We know that drawing back from verse 38 in the 10th chapter, that if we draw back from a lifestyle of faith, that we don't please God. Look at the 6th verse. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It is impossible to please God without faith. For he that comes to God must believe that He is. Amen. Or that God exists. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Amen. So notice, without faith, it is impossible to please God. We'll say, well, I'm a Christian. That means I have faith. You're a Christian, yes, and that means you're in the Christian faith. Praise God. It also does mean that when you got born again, God dealt to you a measure of His very own faith in your heart. Amen. But really what this scripture means is the various situations that you find yourself dealing with today, are you in faith about that today? And if you're not, well, that wouldn't please Him. So all of the moments and times that we spend wringing our hands or walking the floor in stress or worry or anxiety or fear, none of that is faith. You wouldn't be doing any of the, I wouldn't be doing any of those things if I was actually trusting and believing. 
So all of that time is not pleasing to God. Say, oh, Pastor, I'm very spiritual. I spend all night crying to God. Yeah, well, you spend all night praying to God out of worry? Out of fear? From a place of anxiety? Or desperation? Well, you weren't spiritual. You might have been really sincere, but you weren't spiritual. I've done that too. Amen. You know, when my mom was going down, she's on those tubes, on those machines. Doctors said, you know, it wasn't going good and it didn't go good. She died. Man, I was in that hotel, cha- uh, not hotel, that hospital chapel. And I prayed with earnestness. And I prayed with sincerity. And I prayed with desperation. But what I didn't pray with was faith. And I'm going to tell you why. It's not like I wasn't trying. I just never was able to make my faith connection. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I'll, I'll get there just real quick here. The reason is because I didn't have word from God. I didn't have word from God. I'm praying what I wanted. I'm praying what I wanted. Amen. But I didn't pray in faith. And the only reason I didn't pray in faith was because I didn't have word from God. Amen. So now, I think this is lesson number five or six just in this series. So we encourage you, if, you're, if you just catch up, that's okay, but go back. Catch up. Because these, these lessons, these teachings are building one on the other. And they're all on our podcast, they're all on our Facebook, all on our website, wouldn't cost you a dime. But today we do, we want to talk about, we know that we, have, we need faith. Faith is our lifestyle. Faith, like I've been saying, enables us to overcome and everything, appropriate all the promises of God. Well, we need to know how to get it. I said, we need to know how to get this faith that enables us to have victory and overcome and appropriate all the promises of God. Amen. And approach this with me if you can, WHC, like you've never heard this before. Because I'm getting new insight, new revelation, things I have not seen or heard, understood about this like I've seen it in the last week. Amen. If you approach the word that way, you'll, you'll be that way too. So let's get over into the 10th chapter of Romans. We know that faith is simply taking God's word for it. I I can't say, I can't give you a definition for faith that is simpler than that, that is plainer than that. What is faith in God? To have faith in God is to take His word for it. I mean so much so that that's the way, to you, that's the way it is. You're willing to talk in line with that, think in line with that, and you're willing to act and plan in line with that. Regardless of what the natural circumstances say, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what reports may come, what test results you get, What happens in the natural? A lot of times when you start out in a faith endeavor, meaning I took God's word for something, in the natural, very often it will look worse after you do that than when you started. Don't be surprised by that. Why? Because your faith will never go unopposed by the enemy. The people, I've heard it a thousand times, pastoring here for 21, 22 years, whatever it's been now. And, uh, you know, well, pastor, I heard that and I believed it and I started out tithing and I gave that tithe and I tell you what, the refrigerator broke, the transmission <laughs> fell out on the floor, the lawnmower broke, I had to go to the hospital five times. I mean, my barn's not filled with plenty, I got bills out the walls. Yeah, you know what happened? Satan just saw what you did and he's going to put pressure on you and what does he do? He, people back out of that. Next time it comes around to get tithed, they ain't, they ain't tithing. They got a transmission to buy. And it shows how small and undeveloped their faith in God's word about that is. Doesn't mean you're bad. It just means you need to, you need to press past the opposition. Don't think that living a life of faith will put you in a place where you're immune to opposition. No, you're signing up for Opposition that you would not otherwise encounter. But the faith, Brother Lon, that'll get you into hot water will get you out and put you on the other side. Amen. 
Amen. Sometimes you just got to push back on the devil. And when you got to push back hard. Hallelujah. So let's pick this up in Romans chapter 10. Uh, you know, this is primo real estate in your Bible if you want to understand how faith works and how to live by faith. And today we're talking about how to get faith, how to generate faith. So in verse number 8 it says, But what saith it, the word is near thee or nigh thee, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, not your head, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now right there is a, re a one-verse recipe to get anything you want from God by faith. Right there he's talking about how to receive salvation, how to come into the kingdom, how to be born again, how to be made a child of God. What do you have to do? You confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth, and God responds to that and recreates your spirit, wipes out all your sin, delivers you from the authority of the devil, makes you a citizen in the kingdom of God, and makes you a joint heir with Jesus just like that. Hallelujah. In verse number 10, look what it says. So it says, for with the heart man believes. It does not say with your mind. For with the heart or your spirit you believe unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, let's say you're already born again, but you've got to stack unpaid bills. Well, this is how you do it right here. For with the heart man believes unto supply. And with the mouth confession is made unto provision. What about your physical healing? Well, with the heart you believe for healing. You believe unto healing, and with the mouth, confession is made unto healing. Right there is how you get anything and everything you need and want from God. But you, amen. Verse 13, skip down to that. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now notice verse 14. We're going to get into the meat of what I want to talk about this morning. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? So he said, to be saved, you have to call on the name. You have to call on Jesus. But how will someone ever call on him who has not believed? What's the answer? They can't. They won't. Isn't that right? They can't and they won't. And then notice how the verse continues. And how shall they believe? See, people need to believe. You can't get saved. You can't go to heaven if, unless you believe. So he asks this very important question. How then will they believe? And no need to get mad at the sinner for being sinful. Their problem is they need to get born again. And they get, the only way they can do that is to call on the name and the only way they can call on the name is to believe upon the name and how are they going to believe upon the name if they have not heard now I mean we can we should pray for revival till we get calluses on our knees and pray that God will save the lost but you know really you should not you don't have to pray God please save the lost God's already done what his part to save the lost and he's already sent the angels and his spirit doing everything they can amen and it's fine to pray and claim and intercede, and we have our part for revival and for salvation. But you know what? You could pray, 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 bind the devil. But if no one ever goes and tells them the good news that Jesus is not mad at them and that he has already paid the price for their sin and that if they would just turn and believe upon him and confess Jesus, that all their sin would be wiped away. Amen. You can miss hell and go to heaven. Unless someone goes and tells them, they'll never be. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing, Romans 10, 17. Prayer has its part. But what we need of, frankly, more in this church and many churches, is more of our members getting out there and actually telling people the good news. Our church is long on prayer side and short on the go and tell it side. Amen. 
They cannot believe just because you pray. They can't. They won't. They have to hear. Isn't that right? They have to hear. We're still in verse 14. How shall they hear without a preacher? Notice it doesn't say how shall they hear without a prayer. It says how shall they hear without a preacher? And we're all supposed to be preachers in this sense. To go and proclaim it and go and tell it. And go and warn the sinner about hell. Amen. Is this pretty good, Kamal? Is that all right? Is that what you told me to say? You like it? Okay. It's our resident evangelist. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the good news of peace and bring glad tidings to the poor. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah or Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Now, no, here we are to the punchline. Verse 17, so then faith cometh. Mm. So then faith comes. Faith comes. Faith comes. Say that with your mouth. Faith comes. Faith comes. Praise God. Well, faith comes how? By hearing. Now, see, if you had a desperate situation, say in your body, and you knew you needed faith, and you knew you didn't have it, that would be a stressful circumstance. Wouldn't it? If I knew healing's right, healing's for me, but God requires faith and I don't, I don't have it for that. That would be a very distressing circumstance to be in. But this right here sets you free. You don't have to panic. You don't have to be distressed. The faith you need to receive your promise is right here. Faith comes. He didn't say faith might come. Faith comes. Faith comes. You, you might be the weakest among us in faith. And in two weeks be the most giant among us in faith in that area. By getting hold of what God is saying. Faith comes by hearing. You know, faith doesn't come by praying. People have tried to get faith that way. Oh, God, increase my faith. The disciples tried that. You don't get faith by praying. You don't get faith by begging. You don't get faith by needing it. You don't get faith by osmosis. You don't get faith by the laying on of hands. You don't get faith by praying in tongues. You don't get faith by worship. All of those things have their place. You don't get faith buying it. You don't get faith from a great faith man by giving him a good offering. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. So don't be distressed if you know that uh, you're facing a situation and your faith muscle for that is not moving the mountain. Amen. You know how to get the faith you need for that. All you need to do is hear. That's why in the Bible, uh, in Proverbs 4, verse 20, God said through that writer, He said, My son, incline thine ear. That's what, this is the key. This is why we've got to get past the distractions that life in this age and Satan wants to throw at us. Because he's fit. We, we live in a media age. And, you know, uh, most people spend most of their time walking around with something plugged into their ears called pods. Pod this, pod that, right? And they're, they're filling their consciousness with something. Brother Scott and I was just talking about that. He, he made the observation. You know, people go out and put the backpack on. They get out into nature, get out in the wilderness, out in view. And what we saw was people walking with their ear pods in. I, I went out there to get away from all that jazz. We went out there to hear the birds, hear the wind rustling through the trees. Amen. We need to incline our ear to the thing that will daily build our faith, not tear it down 
but build it. Build it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. In the book Simple Faith, Reverend Joel Siegel on page 22, there's this short paragraph. He said, since faith comes, we know that faith is not a static commodity. In other words, it's not something, okay, I listened to a sermon on healing 25 years ago, and I found out that it's God's will to heal me, so now I have faith. You know, beef comes to our house, and then it's eaten. And for us to have beef again, guess what? Beef's got to come again. One of the things that comes and goes a lot to our house is milk. Rex is part cow. Now, amen. Well, when you get to the bottom of the milk jug, if you want more milk, guess what? Milk's got to come. Faith is not something you find out about and check it off at a bo- as a box. Faith is a movable, dynamic commodity. It's like money. Money comes every Monday. I get a paycheck. Well, actually, my wife gets a paycheck <laughs> with my name on it. Amen. Money comes. And then guess what we do with the money? Money is expended. Money is put to work. So if we're going to have money again, then money's got to come. See, faith comes for something, and then you spend it for that, and it comes to pass. And you can't walk away and go, I have faith. Well, you had faith, and you used it. And if you're ever going to want to do that again, you better get more faith, and you know exactly how to do it. Faith comes by hearing. Are you with me? I think a lot of people are confused about this. Faith comes. Faith comes. And then faith goes. Gas comes. And then I drive. And then gas must come again. What if you had a recurring chore? Name me a chore you do every week. Something. Take the trash out. You guys do take trash out once a week? Okay. What if I said, you know what, Brother Kamal, I'm going to swing by, I'm going to take your trash out for you this week. Well, could Kamal now have faith that Pastor Chris is going to take his trash out? Absolutely. And sure enough, sure shooting, I show up on the appointed day and I take his trash out. But then what if the next week he doesn't take the trash out, he's expecting me to do it? Can he have faith for me to do it week in, week out? How come? How can he? Why can't he? That's not what I said. I said, that's not what I said. So for Kamal to have in, to, for Kamal, Reverend Kamal to have faith in me about something, what would he have to have? A word from me. Isn't that right? Faith in me is predicate, can come. But you have to have word from me. I'm not coming to to take your trash out. Right? But if I say it, then you now have the capacity to have faith for that. Well, we know that we need to have faith in God. Well, to have faith in God, what will we have to have? We have to hear from Him. We have to hear from God every day. Just because you heard from Him two years ago about a financial thing, you stood on what he said and it came to pass, does not mean you've heard from him today about your current thing. We have to hear from God every day. And you know what this requires? Fellowship. Relationship. With God. To have faith in God requires 
that you have a word from God. And this is where I'm learning. I'm learning. I've said things like, listen, brother, you just need to stand on the word. Well, I'm learning. Uh, what you mean is stand on the written word. Well, it's a big book, guys. Tens of that, what many scriptures. What word? What word? Well, a healing scripture. Okay, yes, but there's many of those. And this is what I'm learning. God, even about the book, the Holy Spirit is not quickening every single verse in your life, every moment of every day. So we need to hear from the Spirit even about what written promise to stand on. Now, are you still in Romans 10, 17? Looking at the clock here. It says, so then faith comes by hearing, and then there's a comma. And hearing by the word of God. Now, many preachers have picked that up and says, faith comes by hearing and hearing, and hearing and hearing, and hearing and hearing. Well, there's, a, there's an element of truth to that, but that's not what Paul is endeavoring to say. The comma here is he's wanting to clarify something. Faith comes by hearing. But faith, he's now clarifying, that's why the comma's there, clarifying, listen, faith cometh by hearing. But faith in God, he means, comes by hearing from God. Amen. Hearing by the Word of God. Now, there's two Greek words that are translated into English, word. One is logos, which means the written word, your written scripture. Amen. But then there is another Greek word for word that means the quickened word, the quickened word, or the, uh, uh, the spoken word. And that's the Greek word rhema. Isn't it interesting that the Greek word here in this verse is not logos. Faith does not come by hearing the logos of God. Faith comes by hearing the rhema of God. I'm learning. Are you learning? I'm learning. In other words, it's not that the scriptures aren't paramount and powerful. But as we feed upon the word, as we meditate upon the word, the Holy Ghost will quicken a word. He will talk to us. He will make a scripture stand out, come alive in our heart. And the Logos becomes a rhema. And when you hear the rhema of God, the quickened, spoken word of God, faith comes for that. Faith comes for that. This will help so many. We are not to just randomly out of our head pull something out of the Bible and say, I have faith for that. Has he quickened that to you? Is that alive in you? Is that a rhema or a logos to you? Oh, hallelujah. Now, many people, see, the, oh, Father, let the sun stand still. Let, let that clock say 11.55 for 20 minutes. Uh, there is a very definite but fine line, my friends, between faith, real faith, and presumption. There is a definite, but it is a fine line between faith and assumption, presumption, and foolishness. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 1. I can show you this pretty quick in a couple illustrations. Y'all okay? Yes, sir. Amen. Contrary to what you might have heard out in the community, this is not a cult. The doors are unlocked. I mean, you can leave anytime you like. And we are not going to keep you unduly. But I want to get this over to you. This is so powerful. You want to have faith? Yes, sir. 
Well, then you've got to have a word. See, people, people do foolish things, call it faith, and then disasters happen. And it brings reproach on the real faith message. Right? People give their car away and then walk for a year. They thought that if they sowed their car that God would give them a new one. But here's the thing. You have to have faith for that. And getting the good idea that if I sow a car, I'll reap a car is an idea. But what did he say? Did he tell you to give that car right now to them? And if you can't say, he did, I know he did, then you can't have faith for a harvest. And it's why it didn't work. And you know, a lot of times, you know, there's scriptures, God is very strong against people saying, God told me, when God didn't tell me. People say, well, God told me. Did he? <laughs> are you sure? Or are you presuming because you got some harebrained idea because you saw something in the scripture? We're not diminishing the scripture. But I just can't pull out some random scripture that's dead to me that's not alive in my heart, that the Holy Ghost isn't talking to me about, and then presume, presumably expect God to perform that. So here in Deuteronomy chapter 1, find verse 40, here's what happened. God told the Israelites to go in and take the land. But before they did, they sent out some spies to go spy out the land, and the spies came back with an evil report, scared the padoodle out of them. Right? And, but God said... See, I have given you Jericho. God said, see, I have given you the land. Now, when God told that to Moses and the Israelites, can they have faith? Could they have faith to possess a land that previously did not belong to them? The answer is yes. Why? Because they got a word from God. Well, when they got the report about the giants and the walled cities, they knew what God said, but they decided we ain't going. We're not going. They did not have faith in what God said. They disobeyed what God said. And so God said, fine. God said, fine. Turn then and go back into the wilderness where you will wander for 40 years. Well, that made them upset. God just told them, that everyone 20 and older will die wandering in the wilderness. I'm putting you in a 40-year timeout. They got a word from God. And that upset them. You remember this? That upset them. So you know what they did then? They decided, they go, no, 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 no. God, we change our mind. We'll go. We'll go into the land. And Moses told them, God told them. He said, don't go. Because what's the latest word? God said, go into the wilderness where you will wander for forth. That's the word. They didn't like that word. So they said, we are going to go up. Let's see how this worked out for them. Pick it up in Deuteronomy 1.40. It says, but as for you, you turn, take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Then you answered and said unto me, We have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight according to all that God our... Now they wanted to have faith. Problem is, that word's expired. And when you had girded every man... And when you had girded every man his weapon of war, you were ready to go up into the hill. And the Lord said unto me, The Lord said unto me, Say unto them, Go not up, neither not fight. For I am not among you, I'm not with you, lest you be smitten before your enemies. Some people say, I'm not taking that blood pressure medicine. Because you don't want to? Or because God told you you didn't have to? I'm not having that surgery, I don't want to have surgery, I won't have faith to be healed. Do you have faith to be healed? What did God say about your surgery? 
Well, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to have faith. Presumption. Foolishness. We may bury you, and everybody's going to wonder where your big faith went. What happened? Why God let you down? God didn't let you down. You didn't have a word. Faith comes how? By hearing. And what? Hearing by the rhema. The rhema of God. Verse 43 says, So I spoke unto you, and you would not hear, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, and went, mark that word, went presumptuously up into the hill. And the Amorites which dwelt in that mountain came out against you and chased you as bees do and destroyed you in Seir, even unto Hormah. And you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not hearken to your voice, nor give ear unto you. So you abode in Kadesh many days, according unto the days that uh, you abode there. So do you see? They decided they wanted to do something, and they expected God to give them victory. They expected God to come through for them. Based on a word that was expired. And it didn't work. And people died. I said people died. Let's go to one more place before we close. Back up into the New Testament. Back into Roman. Uh, no, back into Hebrews chapter 11. You know, it's interesting to me. If you get this down, you get this revelation, you get this understanding, you'll understand some things maybe you haven't understood. That two Christians could take the exact same course and make the exact same action and one of them get a miracle and the other one have a disaster. What's the difference? One heard from God and the other didn't. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you getting stirred and interested about hearing from God? need to hear from God every day. Every day. Every day we're leaning on the Holy Ghost. He is the master teacher. It's not that we shouldn't be in the Scripture. We should. We feed that. The more we feed His Word, the Logos, into our heart, it is faith food, but it gives something for the Holy Ghost to quicken. It's also so vitally important. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the rhema of God, that word uh, God there is anointed. So really, think about this. Faith comes by hearing the anointed, spoken Word of God. This is why it's so important where you go to church. And it's why it's so important that you go to church. Because you present your, your ears and your heart you submit it to someone who is especially anointed of God and of the Spirit of God to feed your life and your family the anointed Word. And that's where faith comes. And that's why so many churches are dead. And that's why they've had to fill the deadness with entertainment. I don't want to do that. Here I want to do my part to feed you the anointed Word of God. So that faith can come alive in your heart. Amen. Well, we know this story too. We'll go over this and then we'll let you go. But uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, this hall of faith, get down to around verse 29. And so over and over and over again, you'll, you'll see these great men and women of God and what they accomplished by faith. But really, if you study these, each one of these individuals... These people had faith because they heard something from God. They heard something from God. And here we have one example that's so humorous and powerful and enlightening from Moses' life. So in talking about Moses, in verse 29 of Hebrews 11, it says, By faith, meaning Moses and they, the Israelites, by what they passed? Okay, so let's read the whole verse and we'll make a comment. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, which the Egyptians assaying to do, that's King James, assaying means attempting to do, I would say trying to do, drowned. This is a powerful illustration. Amen. So Moses and the Israelites, they're uh, out, you know, uh, 
marching away from Egypt. Uh, they're fresh out of there. And Pharaoh changes his mind, gathers his mighty army, and decides to pursue them. But the way God directed them, he did it to he did it them on purpose. He led them right to a dead end. You know, sometimes God will lead you right to what looks like a dead end. He looked like God, like on maps, you know, I put in, uh, we were in California, and we put in the maps thing, you know, the, the Google thing, it was not blamed on Google, it was the maps, whatever, uh, th- it's called maps, and we put Pizza Hut, and that thing drove us to the Pizza Hut administrative headquarters, ain't no, the pizza there, nothing. <laughs> Amen. I don't even know why I told you that, but no, it was like a dead end. It's like a dead end. And God will lead you to like a dead end where he'll lead you right to a point in this, Chelsea, where if, he does, if you don't hear from him and get an absolute miracle, you're going to be toast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God wants you to have moments like that. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. Where if he don't come through, you're going under. Like Australian going under, going under. Mountains on both sides. Egyptian army beating, breathing down their neck, and here they're at the banks of the Red Sea, and what did they do? What you and I would have done. They started crying. <laughs> they're freak out. The freak out has begun. And God speaks. Oh, thank God he speaks. And he tells Moses, the leader, he says, Why are you crying to me? Why are you crying? Why are you crying to me? Why am I crying? I'm about to die. I'm about to die by suicide, by drowning, or I'm about to die by the sword. That's why I'm crying. And God says, stop crying. Tell the children of Israel to move forward. What, remember what I said Sunday? That's a whopper with extra sauce. Move forward. Yeah, move forward. You want to walk with God, Maurice? Get ready, brother. It's fun. Move forward. He might have you start a business in a depression. Yeah. Well, you could you have faith for success? If he told you. Then he said, stretch out thy rod above the sea and part the waters. And the children of Israel shall go forth through the Red Sea on dry ground. Now that's a whopper of a statement. But listen, could they now have faith? Do they have a basis for faith? They do, and you know what the basis is. God said. And in response to what God said, Moses stretched it out, and God caused the wind to blow and pushed all that water up in a heap on both sides, instantly dried out the seabed enough, and they can you imagine how long is this going to last? <laughs> 600,000 soldiers, all the livestock, all the men, all the women, there's millions of them there, and they got to pass through an ocean quickly. I bet nobody was shuffling along. They're like, let's get through here. Who knows how long this is going to last? And they got to the other side miraculously by faith in what God said. Now, in closing, the Egyptians. The Egyptians come up to the bank. No doubt they stop. And they're wanting orders from Pharaoh. And Pharaoh, in his big brain, says, if they can do it, I can do it. We can do it. Well, don't look at another church member who did something by faith and go, if they can do it, I can do it. I saw that guy, he gave their car away, and God gave him a brand new Cadillac debt free. I'm I'm giving my car away. Don't, because I'll be paying your lift fee for a month. (laughs) They did it because God told them, and that's why it worked. Why we've succeeded in building a campus and doing all of that over much difficulty and all of that. Plenty of satanic opposition where others have failed is because God told us to do it. Doesn't make I'm not great. We're not great. Just God said. He performs what He said. 
So it says here that the Egyptians assaying to cross, attempting to cross, got out there without a word. And you don't want to put yourself in an ocean water sandwich without a word. One group of people gets an absolute miraculous breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. The other group doing the exact same action mm -hmm. got killed. Yeah. And the difference was one group had a word from God and the other group did not. Did Pharaoh have something he could believe from God? You know your Bible well enough? Did God send Moses in there with a word to Pharaoh? What was his word? Let my people go. You know with that word, even to that pagan Pharaoh, faith came for that. Faith always comes when you hear from God. You don't have to struggle for faith. When you hear from God, you got it. You got it. When he says, I'm telling you, come off that medication. You won't be coming asking me what I think. You got it. You got a word from God. Or if God says, honey, go to the doctor and do what he tells you, I'm with you. It's going to be all right. Well, then you can go through that whole thing and have faith in the outcome because you heard from God. Isn't that right? You heard from God. And you can stand there with a stack of unpaid bills and go to sleep at night and be at peace and joy when you get a quickened word from God in line with the Scripture because you've got a word from God. We have got to stop calling ourselves faith people when really we're just a saying to do. We want things to change. And we want promises to show up. And we want to skip the faith comes part. And you can't. You can't. You have to hear from Him. Are you got that? You have to hear from Him. And He speaks. He does. He does. He speaks to us through His Word. And when He does, what you read now becomes a rhema word. It's your word. Where you're driving down, the, and He gives you, like Brother Jerry, about his house, we found out that God gave him a phrase spoken by the Spirit. That's His Word. That's His Word. He's got a basis for faith. And it won't be a faith failure. It'll come to pass. Amen. 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 Well, no doubt there's more to say, but we've said enough, I think, for today. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you.